Just be ready. Hello, y'all. Y'all don't know what it is until you get here. That's you, right. And... Look, hey, this is Stay Ready Media right here. So we're ready. <laughs> we stay ready. Woo All right. We she said she stay ready. We're gonna oh. see when I when I tell her this topic. We're gonna uh -oh. see. <laughs> uh oh, okay. Now now you got me. Okay. <laughs> no, you're ready. I know you're ready. You're ready. You can hear me okay, right? Yes, yes, I hear you fine. I'm I got my dogs here, so they've been so well behaved. So hopefully they will continue to just sit here and nap and chill out and not start barking in the middle of the show. If they do, it's all good. Hey, listen, everybody's at home. We understand that everything's at home. Like kids right? at home, dogs at home, oh, husbands, yeah. wives, I yeah, mean everybody. Yep. everybody, everybody is the kids. Everybody. Say. Everybody. So all right, well, we're going to go ahead and get right on in. Just relax. It's just it's just like we just chit-chatting, having okay. conversation, nothing <clears throat> nothing major. We're going to do some laughing and, and all, all right. that good stuff. So, all right, we're ready. Here we I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. All right, y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Praying and Preaking, a time to show, tell, and know how prayer changes things with your girl, Georgette. I am super excited because in the building today, I have none other than Miss Stacia Crawford. And she is, listen, y'all, it's cold where she at. Mm, mm, mm. It is cold, okay? And it's, I, I can't deal with it. But any woohoo. I am excited to have Stacia Crawford here with me today, and we're just going to sit down and chit-chat. She has no idea what the, the, the topic is, as always. I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love that I have the opportunity to do this to people and just <laughs> make them sweat a little bit. But anyway, I will get into that. First, we're going to have a word of prayer. Then after that, I'm going to let Stacia, um, well, I'll give her the topic and then I'm going to let her introduce herself. Cause I, as I always say, I could never do justice for, um, you know, presenting my guests because who knows you better than yourself. And so, but let's go ahead and get into this word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come right now, first and foremost, just thanking you, God, thanking you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that Stacia has come and agreed to sit down and chit-chat with me without even knowing the topic, Lord God. Lord, you just continue to, to provide, and I just appreciate it. I don't take it lightly. I thank you, thank you, thank you. May everything that Stacia touch be glorified, magnified, edified. May it grow, Father God, and may this be a time of laughter, a time of knowledge, a time of wisdom, Lord God. And may it touch someone, Father God, even if it's one. And we just thank you. We praise you. We honor you. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. amen. And so, Stacia, today our topic is media and me dot, 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 prayer. OK, 
Okay. All right. Come on. <laughs> and so go ahead and, and, and tell them, first of all, tell the people what you want them to know about Stacia and who Stacia is, all of that good stuff. And then I will tell you why I came to um, that topic. So my computer down here. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> Whew, okay. Uh well, I, I think that's a good topic, and I think that I can speak on that because I am in the media and I am a God girl. So uh I'm a prayer warrior, I'm a TV news producer, uh media expert, PR professional, uh media trainer. So all of that wraps up all into you know who I am. Uh, I've been a TV news producer for 31 years, uh, currently in Chicago, and I've actually been in Chicago for 26 years where I've been producing here. I produced at the ABC station for 19 years and um, currently working for the CBS station there. And in 2013, when I was working at the ABC station, I actually got laid off from my job. So we got a new general manager, you know, how everybody comes in, they have their new fresh ideas. They want to do things differently because, you know, the way you've been doing it for the last hundred years, even though you're the number one station and you've got all this top talent, it's not good enough. We got to shake things up. So the general manager came in and decided that he would, he wanted to cancel the show that I was producing. And um, it was the midday news and a top rated newscast in the city. And he decided they were going to do something different. And um, instead of me looking that, looking at that like, oh, woe is me, I'm not going to have a job or whatever, I really saw it as an opportunity. And so what I did with that was when I left ABC, I started my company, Stay Ready Media. And so I was able to incorporate all of my years of television experience into helping other people, authors, entrepreneurs, industry leaders, influencers, um, visionaries and using my skills and teaching them what I knew about the media and helping them to use that so that they could leverage the power of the media to build their brands and their businesses. So that is Stacia in a nutshell. So Stay Ready Media does that um, and it's been very successful. And four years ago, I actually did go back into television as a TV producer. I had no idea that that's what God had intended for me. When I left TV, I was like, okay, I'm done with TV and it's time for this next chapter of my life. But as it so happens, um, at that time, my husband and I had a cultural center, which we still have. Um, it's kind of sort of shut down due to COVID. But at that time, I was at the cultural center and one day one of my colleagues from a competing station actually came in and she's like, we need you back in television. We got a space over here at CBS and we need you. We need strong uh, women of color who are not afraid to make decisions and take risks. And, you know, we need a leader. Our ratings are in the toilet. The station's doing terribly. And would you consider coming back? And I said, no, but as it turns out, I prayed about it. And God said, this is, this is your next opportunity. So I was able to do that, um, to go back into television. And it, that's been about four and a half years ago now. So I'm still at the CBS station, I'm still running my cultural center and still running my media business. So I've got a lot going on. 
Yes, I see. I hear. I know. <laughs> it's awesome, though. I, I I love it. I love it. I love it. And so Stacia and I met, um, wow, almost two years ago, I guess, in a coaching yeah. um, community. And so we have been uh, friends and chit-chatting ever since. And so... I thank you, Stacia, for because you are busy. So I know I do not take it for granted that you carved out some time to to talk to me this, you know, today. And so it's time for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know as I was thinking and like, OK, God, where do you want me to go with this? What am I? What am I? What is my topic? What are we going to talk about? And so even though media is in the uh the, the topic title, I'm coming from a little bit of a different perspective. So I know that lately and usually when you're talking, you're talking about the clients that you work with and how to get people on media and how to get their story heard and how to get them in front of um, the camera so the world can know how great they are. And I appreciate that. But today, when I say media and me, I am talking about me and you and people who look like me and you. And so I know that, you know, your purpose and your passion, like I said, is, is assisting people, you know, to get wonderful features in front of the camera. And she's phenomenal at doing that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But I want to talk about your journey and what it takes for people like me and you to land in media. And what I mean more specifically is little girls who are coming up behind us, the next generation of little girls that look like me and you and that see me and you and how do they get into media? Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really great. And, and I'm glad that we are talking about this topic. Um, well, first of all, one thing that I did not mention, I forgot to mention, is that um, I actually deal with that a lot, too, because I'm also a college professor. And so I actually teach television reporting, um, writing and reporting for television news. So I get this a lot of times with people who are saying, you know, I want to be a reporter or I want to be a producer. How do I even get started in that area? Um you know, and, you know, by the time they get to me, a lot of times they might be, you know, in high school getting ready to embark on a college career or they may already be in college. But I think that this is important because when you say little girls, you know, the landscape is changing. The industry now is totally different from when I entered it 30 plus years ago. Um, you know, all the things and the tools and the technology that we have now wasn't even thought about. When I was, you know, when I was first getting into it and there weren't as many opportunities specifically for people of color, specifically black women. And so when I first decided that I wanted to get in television and a lot of people will say this, a lot of people will tell you, you know, Oprah was a great inspiration for me. Um, and, and for me as well, that is very true because I saw I, I saw Oprah in the early stages of her career when she was in Baltimore, I actually grew up in Baltimore. So, you know, as a little girl, I saw Oprah on TV, you know, before she was Oprah with one name, <laughs> you know, <laughs> she was just Oprah, you know, she was Oprah Winfrey 
uh, on WJZ television in Baltimore. And so I saw her and, you know, we always have these images of who is quote unquote worthy of being on TV, you know, what you look like. And what Oprah looked like was a black woman. There was no questioning. You know, you turn on the TV now and sometimes you'll look at newscasters and you're like, well, is she black? I can't quite tell. She might, she, you know, she might look like she kind of black, you know, looking at the shape of her nose or, you know, she got them full lips. Let me see her hair a little closer. I can't really tell. There was no question that Oprah was a black woman and she was unapologetic. She was unashamed. Um, and so watching her rise from, you know, being a, a news anchor in Baltimore to having her own show in Chicago and then being syndicated nationwide and watching her become this mega star um, really propelled me to really make my mark in the industry. And when I first wanted to get into the industry, I actually wanted to be a reporter. I wanted to be in front of the camera telling those stories. And when I was at school, I went to school in Philadelphia. And when I was, um, I had an internship at a TV station there. And when I was going, you know, to this internship every day, and, you know, this is the fourth largest market in the country. And I'm surrounded by all these people who've been in the industry for decades, learning from the best of the best. So I really felt privileged to be able to do that. And there was one black woman producer there and she was just like a superstar and you know having the pleasure to work with her and so one day we're talking you know she's like well you know what do you want to do and i'm like well i want to be a reporter and being able to work hand in hand and watch her work over the course of that internship that i had that summer i came out of it like no i don't want to be a reporter anymore i want to be a producer because i recognize that that is where the decisions were made. That's where the power lied. And I knew that by being in that particular position, I could have a greater impact on paving the way for other little black girls who wanted to be in an industry that had previously been pretty much closed to us. So, you know, I know that that is a part of my activism. That's a part of my purpose as well today. Um, and I don't take it lightly. So even when I'm teaching my students, um, you know, I let them know it's still, there are more opportunities now because there are many different forms of media that weren't even around before. But, you know, I don't take it lightly that I'm impressing upon them how serious it is that they take this craft very seriously because it impacts lives. You know, you're giving people information that is life-changing and sometimes life-saving. You know, when I look at the types of stories that we do, that we're really impacting people's lives in a greater way than we ever thought possible. Mm. Mm. That's awesome. I didn't know you went to school in Philadelphia, my hometown. I did. Yeah, I went to Penn. Woohoo, Penn in the house. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome, awesome, awesome. So I, I I know that, you know, things are changing. They have changed. Um, I know that we still have uh, a long way to go as well because, 
you know, this, I, I just came from a male dominated profession as well. And I still believe that media is still very top heavy of, of, of being a male dominated profession. Of course there are women, but the numbers, I mean, we can just look around and see that there's still some growth to go. And so when you, uh, I mean, how do you see uh, the future of media? And and do you think that we will see it in our lifetime, the shift that that we are hoping for, that we are praying for, that will take place, that we will see more, uh, you know, people like me and you, like I said, in the media presence? So do you think that that will occur in our lifetime? Oh, absolutely. It's occurring now. It, I mean, things are changing so incredibly fast and it's real. it's, it's happening right before our very eyes. I mean, even, even if I look at in this last year, um, and watching the number of female anchors and reporters, you know, black women who are being promoted, look at, you know, CBS, they just had two black women who were promoted to anchor their weekend news. So, we're seeing it all the time, new hires. And not only that, but because the nature of media in itself is changing, everything isn't always now about broadcast news because you have podcasts, you know, which are powerful forms of media. Uh, you know, there was a time when people weren't taking podcasts seriously. It was like, oh, you know, somebody just sitting at home with a computer, they ain't really doing nothing. But now you see the impact that podcasts have made and that is why you see so many large, even broadcast companies, you know, are now investing in that form of media because they really recognize the power that it has and the the way that it can really penetrate the market and get directly to the listeners. And it doesn't have the barriers that a lot of mass media, you know, so-called mass media have. So I think that we are seeing that when you look at you know, podcasts, when you look at, you know, people will say radio, well, radio is dead. But when you really look behind the scenes, it's anything but, you know, it's expanding. And again, you have those stations, you know, more Black media that's popping up, more stations when you look at things like, you know, BET and, you know, now how they're, now you've got BET and you've got Aspire, you've got BET Her, and you have all these other Uh, you know, platforms that are targeted towards African-Americans that are just giving us more opportunities for us as leaders, um, but also not not only as us to disseminate that information, but we're getting them access, giving access to media to the people who look and sound like us who need that same information. So it is changing very rapidly. We will definitely see it in our lifetime. Hmm. That's awesome. You know, I, until you just said that, I never even thought about a podcast and the other, because that is a form of media as well. And even though I know that, like, but when you just said it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's true because it is, I mean, you know, so many, and even during COVID and everything that's been going on, so many podcasts have been birthed and I mean, shoot, mine was birthed on during COVID. I mean, oh God. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, that's interesting. And, and I love it. So that that's just some things that I didn't even think about. And it's true, because, you know, it, it can be different from the norm of what regular mass media is, like you said. And so, 
Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. And there and there are new ones all the time. I mean, podcasts haven't even been around that long. And I think um I saw some statistics recently where there were over, if I'm getting my numbers right, was it 70,000 podcasts, I think? Wow. I think it was 70,000. I'm like, that's a lot, you know? Um, and that's a lot of information being shared. That's, you know, new ideas, new opinions. And, um, you know, and it's crucial. Uh, podcasts, I, you know, I, I even tell my clients, you know, don't sleep on podcasts because everybody thinks, well, you know, I want to be on major media. I want to be on the Today Show. They always say the Today Show. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I want to be on the Today Show. I'm like, all right, well, you know, but, you know, podcasts for many people are going to have more of an impact than something like a Today Show, uh, which people don't really realize, especially if you are a small business owner and you're looking to increase sales. When people are looking, uh, you know, to buy things, be it a service or a product, they're more reliable they're more likely to rely on the word of a podcaster who they know, like, and trust than mm. somebody like, you know, the Today Show where people are not watching the show for that. You know, that's not its purpose. But podcast, the purpose is entirely different. So a lot of times you'll be better served by going on a podcast. And, and the nature of the topics, there are so many. There is a podcast topic for literally everything. <laughs> That's true. Literally everything. So, um, so the power of the podcast, I tell people all the time, do not underestimate it. Mm, I like that. I'm gonna have to write that down. The power of the podcast. That might have to be a topic one day. I love that. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> power of the podcast. I'm telling you, I'll be getting so many nuggets from my guests. Thank you. Like, I like that title, the power of the podcast. That's true. And so anybody out there listening. Uh, uh, the power of the podcast. Okay, tune in and, and go on and just reach out to your girl, the freaker. No, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Listen, we we speak it into existence. Hello, so we speak it into existence. I believe yes. it. I believe it. I believe yes. it. And so, all right. Well, I, I want to kind of shift a little bit now and just kind of get into the prayer portion of of this and. And and how do you, because you said from the beginning that, hey, I can handle this because I am a prayer warrior and I love that and I and I, I appreciate that. So how do you remain positive and grounded with all the negativity that's around the media? Because you know, you guys get a bad rap. I mean, we 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 know it because people, we all have our opinions. I, I had another interview with someone that, and, and we talked about everybody thinks they're right until they're, you know, made uncomfortable. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so how, how do you just remain positive and grounded, you know, like I said, with all the negativity around the media? You know, my faith keeps me grounded. Um, that's that's real. I mean, I know that it's nothing but the grace of God that's even gotten me this far. There is a lot of negativity in the news. Um, and what a lot of people fail to recognize, everybody's quick to say the media this, the media that, and they just group everybody in the same pot. But I think what we often fail to remember 
is that the media is made up of people. They're people, they are humans. Um, you know, they are mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, cousins, just like you and me. They're people. So to think of the media all the time as this inanimate object is just false. You know, that's a false sense. So, so to think, you know, when you're getting news, I tell people all the time, when you're seeing a lot of this negative news, the stuff that you're seeing is after it's been filtered. And when I say filtered, I mean... I see and I hear and I have to edit um, a lot of things that I can't put on broadcast TV um, because, you know, it's too graphic. It's too it's, it's just too much. So you have to think in terms of the media as people who are looking out for you, looking out for you and looking out for your best interest as we get that information to you. When you think of situations like what's going on in Texas right now, where you have families who have no heat, no water, their homes are being flooded, destroyed, the electricity has been out for days, you have people who are literally dying. When you think about COVID, you know, we have to go out and we have to interview families, uh, you know, people who've lost family members to this horrible, horrible disorder, um, this plague, you know, I call it. Um, you know, those are things that people don't think about. We're people. Um, and nobody goes into the field of journalism thinking, I just want to disseminate false information. That is not the purpose. It's, it's just like when you become a doctor and you take an oath, you know, as a journalist, we have oaths, you know, we have a promise that we've made to tell the story, the whole story, and let people form their own opinions. Now, are there some bad apples out there? Yes, because there are, and again, they're people, right? So of course there are some bad apples out there. Everybody's not perfect. Do people make mistakes? Absolutely, people make mistakes. Um, but I would just encourage everybody to show the media, as they put it, um, some grace, as particularly during difficult times like this because these are people who are risking their lives to tell these stories. You know, when you think about journalists who are going out in hurricanes and storms and they're going out into war zones and they're putting themselves in positions, exposing themselves to COVID, you know, and things like that, because that is how seriously we take this craft. Because I know by, by putting myself in that position, I'm doing everything that I can to possibly help somebody else. Uh, you know, to save a life or improve a life. And, and, you know, and that's what we do every day. And I think when people often think of the media, they don't think about the people behind the media. Mm. Mm. That's good. I mean, and when you say that, um, that just prompted another question that I didn't even. So, I mean, in your 30 plus years, just go give me a little bit more about the people behind the media. Like what, what has that been like for you? Um, good, bad, or indifferent. And just how does that relate? So I think that people just need to know, like you said, they're people. And so, you know, just touch on that a little bit, the people behind the media. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, well, you know, again, they're people, so they have families. So you have to think in terms of, um, 
you know, sometimes there are there, when there's a, a dangerous situation, there are people who have to leave their own families at risk, you know, in threatening situations because they have taken an oath to do this job. I mean, there have been times when I can even remember where we've had terrible storms. Yeah, I, I, I remember a, snow, a snowstorm that had to have been probably 10 years ago now, and my kids were little. But, you know, I was so dedicated to doing my job that I had to leave my kids for four days to go out and cover a storm, you know, a storm where people were dying. People were literally freezing in the streets. There were people who were, you know, stuck in their cars and nobody could get through. There was ice everywhere. Um, and I literally had to leave my family. I had to come home, pack a suitcase and say, guys, you know, I don't know when I'll be back, but you know, this is my job. I have to go do this because people need to know what's going on out there. And so, yeah, we had to go out with cameras and microphones and tell these stories. And meanwhile, my own small kids are at home, you know, with no power and, you know, in, in the same situations that I'm reporting about. So that's, that is the type of commitment that it takes to be a journalist. And there are people, you know, people do this all the time, you know, even in situations that may not even be as severe as that, but even on a daily basis, the hours that we work, you know, you have people who are going to work at, you know, midnight, people working overnight shifts, people working, you know, all kinds of different swing shifts, 12 hour shifts, two weeks in a row without a day off. And this is stuff that's, you know, that I, that we're currently experiencing now with COVID, um, you know, and now severe winter storms on top of that. Those are things that we actually go through too. And it's, you know, it affects your health. You have people who, you know, suffering from stress and anxiety. Um, you know, you have people who put themselves in a place where, you know, there are shootings or violence or whatever. And then you have reporting crews that have to go out into the middle of that, um, you know, fires, things like that. So they're literally risking their lives as well. Um, and they have families. Um, we, you know, we've had report, we've, we've had reporters and photographers, some who have, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say died in the line of duty, but, you know, people who have passed away due to stress and other health illnesses that are brought on by that, you know, where their job has probably very likely contributed to those physical ailments. Um, you know, so we can't take that lightly. Right. Yeah, it's a lot. That sounds a lot like policing. <laughs> well, you know, one of my one of my dearest and closest friends is a police officer. And so a lot of times we share very similar stories. You know, it's like she's looking at it from the through the eyes of a police officer, and I'm looking at it through the eyes of a news producer, and our stories are often very similar. Wow. Yeah, I I mean, I I never even thought about it like that, and I guess it's true, like you said, because you know when it is raining, storming, whatever shootings, you know, you guys are there as well, you know, just getting the story and and and, and reporting the story and bringing the story to 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 us, and so, wow, yeah, that's that's real interesting, and so I. I, you know, this whole prayer journey for me and um, just on this road now, it, I always say like, you know, 
it just amazes me. I mean, I've been praying forever, so it's not like this is something new, but it always amazes me, you know, when anything major happens or any life altering news or anything like that, you know, the nation is quick to say, you know, turn to prayer. Oh, you know, or even in everyday life conversation, people are always like, oh, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to, you know, but we see it on the news, like when anything major happens, you know, they, they, they say that they're going to, they're in prayer for the family and all of that. And, and sometimes I just wonder if it's cliche. And so I just want to know as a producer and as a prayer warrior, you know, because after the fact, it's like, okay, it's over. And so can you just kind of speak to that? Like, is it really sincere or where do you put your prayer life into your producing? And how does, you know, are you even able to do that? Or how does that fit in when it comes to, you know, producing the news that you produce or the stories or whatever it is that you're producing at the time? Well, you know, for me, my faith is very important to me. So I bring prayer to everything that I do, you know, before my feet hit the floor in the morning, I'm in prayer. You know, before I go walk my dogs, I'm in prayer and I'm in constant prayer. Um, and I have to be. And even in my job, um, you know, again, I'm a person, I am human. Um, and as a Christian, that it's not like I can either be a believer or I can be a producer. One does not exclude the other. It's so, mm. for me, it's a very, you know, it's very important. It, it's the essence of who I am. And so that those two things don't operate independently. So I bring my prayer just like I bring, you know, every other skill that I have to the table when I'm producing. Um, you know, there have been times when, you know, I've covered stories and, you know, as a producer and even as a reporter, you don't really like to show emotion even though a lot of the stories that we have to cover are very emotional. But there have been many times, well, I won't say many, but there have been several times when I have actually had moments, you know, during a live newscast where something just hits you in a certain way. You know, you're able to compartmentalize for a while, but after, you know, a certain point, it's like, it's got to come out. And so I don't know when that's going to come out. Is it going to come out when I'm at home? You know, is it going to come out when I'm in the broadcast booth during a live show? You know, I don't know. Um, but I've had instances where both have happened, you know, particularly because in news it's, and, you know, let's face it, a lot of the news is not positive. You know, we, we make every effort and we do, we go out of our way to make sure that there are positive elements in the news. But a lot of times, you're not going to sit down and watch a newscast and every story is going to be positive. There's a lot of negative stuff. And that's because it's simply reflect a reflection of what's happening in the world. Um, you know, and a lot of times that includes death. And I have a very difficult time with death, particularly with children, just because I love, I have a heart for children. And so when I have to do stories, particularly about a child who has died, um, you know, Chicago, you've probably seen in the news, mm. you know, a lot of violence. And particularly, I remember back um, Memorial Day weekend was a particularly violent weekend. And yes. there were several children 
you know, who were just out minding their own business, you know, who ended up either being outside getting shot. And in some cases where bullets came through the windows and the walls of their houses and ended up being shot and several of them died. And that just, you know, that's not something that you just report on or you write on, you write about the story and then you go on with your life. They're like pieces of all of the stories that I write and report on that stay with me for a very long time. You know, and sometimes I just have to come home and just hug my kids and just say, you know, thank you, God, because that could have easily been one of my kids. You know, a story I reported on last night, we had a family, two sisters and both of their children killed in a car accident. Mm. It's like four members of one family wiped out in a split second. And one of them was a six year old boy. You know, how does that not touch your heart? You know, so stories like that, yeah, they make me cry. And I do pray for those families. Absolutely. I do, because I can't imagine what they're going through. But I know, but for the grace of God, that could have been me. That could have been my family. It could have been someone, you know, close to me or someone that I knew. So, um, you know, my prayer is very much a part of my craft. It's just a part of my purpose. Hmm. Yeah. I I can't even, yeah, even when I was policing, that was always, even though everybody know I don't like kids, I'm just being honest. <laughs> but when it comes to uh that's just not my ministry, it's just not my ministry, though. But uh <laughs> I used to have a running joke with my friends, you know, like use me when you have exhausted every possibility that's when you come and ask me to babysit so is that we still laugh about that to this day because kids are are older now like you have to have exhausted every possibility possibility. (laughs) before you call me okay but no even I mean but still and it's so funny because when I was policing that was part of what I did I for for a long time a number of years I worked with the youth but yeah and those things they do they affect you and it's it's very important that we do stay I mean I know that's what I did I like I, I used to read um Psalms 27 every day before I went on the street and so it's it's definitely mm-hmm. something that touches your heart when you see stories like that or when you see things like that and so yeah it's and and but you know I I just it like I said it just amazes me that um and, and I'm not downplaying because I'm glad that people do say, you know, hey, I'll pray for you or I'm praying for you. But it's it's so funny. Like, I just wonder um, ever since I watched that movie and um, I'm trying to think of the name of the movie right now, but where the guy was like, hey, I'm going to pray for you. And he went back to the hospital and the man asked him, did he pray for him? And he said, no. Um, God, the name of the movie is escaping me. And I can, it's a Priscilla Shriver movie. She's in it with a little girl who is a runner. But it, he called the guy out because he said, hey, I'm going to pray for you. And he didn't do it, you know. And we say it sometimes, but do we really do it, you know. Right. And so that is why, you know, that, that question kind of came up because, it, sometimes it does feel like it's just being reported like, oh, we're praying for you, but are we really, really doing it? And so it doesn't just happen in the media either. It happens for everyday people. And so um, it's just important that if we say it, that we do it, you know. And oh, so, absolutely. Yes. And so that's why I, like, I'll pray for people anyway. I, I'm in the Walmart praying for people in the parking lot. Praying. <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel, you know, because a lot of times people will say, I'll pray for you. But 
I always even ask myself sometimes, so you say you will. It's like, why can't you just do it right now? Why? I mean, what what are you waiting for? You, you know, mm -hmm. God is everywhere. So you don't have to wait until, you know, you're at home in your bedroom or your prayer closet to pray for somebody. It's like, okay, if I'm going through something and, you know, you're going through something, okay, let me pray with you right now. Mm -hmm. and there doesn't have to be a question about, you know, did I pray for you? You know, we can do it right now. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Well, I mean, I just love the fact that I know that, you know, there are prayer warriors behind the scenes in, in media and that there are women who look like me in media. And so it is just forever evolving and forever changing. And I love it. And, and it's, you know, we have to show more of our young ladies that look like us and that there are, you know, possibilities for them to be in, in media and not just in front of the camera, you know, as producers and all of those things that go on behind the scenes. And so I thank you, thank you, thank you for, you know, paving the way and still paving the way, you know, and professing and teaching and allowing people to see you and all of your knowledge and, and all that you offer. So I just want to personally thank you for that. If no one else does, um, cause I know that it is a lot and it's a sacrifice for your family, like you said, and all of those things. And so I just want to personally thank you, um, right here and right now. So I appreciate oh. it. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Yes, 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 yes. Because I know the the media does get a <laughs> a bad rap. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of the time, most of the time, and I mean, I don't even, to be honest, I very rarely watch the news, and it's not because for me, it's a different reason. It's not because of you know, it's because I lived it for so long, and so now that I'm not a part of um, the police and world, I just choose not to watch it. And so good, bad, or indifferent. And sometimes I do, but a lot of my friends and they they get upset with me because they're like, you don't even know what's going on. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, I know, I know. So I, I, I I'm going to get better, Stacey. I am. <laughs> well, you know, but I mean, and I, I hear that a lot. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so glad that there are so many different outlets. So you don't have to, you know, the world is not like it used to be where when you wanted to watch the news, you had to be home at five o'clock. Right. It's like, that's not the world we live in now. You know, you have a cell phone, which means you have a computer in your pocket virtually 24 seven. You can get information from all different channels. So even the news is not what it used to be. So mm -hmm. as long, you know, I just tell people stay informed the way that you decide to stay informed. Mm. You know, and again, if that is, you know, podcasts, if that is, you know, radio, sometimes it may be social media. Um, you know, as long as you're able to filter out a lot of the other crap. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know I, I'm not going to down social media because I use it. And I believe that it has its place just like everything else. It has its place. Mm -hmm. Um, but whatever whatever channels you decide to utilize to make sure that you're informed so that you can live your best life possible, have access to everything that God has in store for you, then do that. 
it's okay. I, I don't think you have to sit down and watch the news every day. Believe me, some days, especially on my off days, when I finally get an off day, I'm not <laughs> watching the news. I'm watching yes. usually some mindless sitcom or something where I can just sit back, you know, and just laugh and just, you know, have a, a silly moment because sometimes you just need to unplug because it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot with everything that's going on right now. It's it's a lot. I mean, today, you know, we hit 500,000. That's half a million people killed by COVID. Mm. Half a million people. Yes. And so for the last year, there's not a day that has gone by that I have not had to write a story about somebody dying of COVID. Mm. So when I get a chance to unplug and not have to hear about it, write about it, read about it, I take the opportunity. And so, you know, and I encourage other people to do the same because it's important for your mental health. Yes. That's, I was going to ask that question too. Like, what is it that you do to, because it, it can be overwhelming. It can be, um, you know, a lot of anxiety and all of those things. And so I'm glad that you touched on that because even though, you know, we started out saying, how do we get people who look like me and you in this profession? Like they need to know like what it really means. I mean, what does it look like? All of the things that you have to, um, ingest and all of the things that you see on a daily basis. And so, you know, it's a lot, like you said. And so it's important that because sometimes I think people have this facade or this, you know, what it means. So kind of talk to that a little bit because people, you know, we be careful what you ask for. That's what I always say. (laughs) That's so true. Well, you know, I get that too, particularly, you know, in my, my job at the college, because a lot of people do come in there. Oh yeah. I want to be a news anchor. And it's like, okay, but do you know what that means? That doesn't mean that you're going to get a college degree and then you're going to be sitting on somebody's set in a nice, you know, warm, cozy television set, just reading a teleprompter. That's not what a news anchor does. That means you start out on the ground. You start out in the field. You have to start as a reporter. You have to be a strong writer. You have to be a strong communicator. These are skills that are very, very important. I mean, that's that's your foundation of any job, right? But you know, you also have to be able and willing to put yourself in those positions. You know, you have to be willing to go knock on a door. And, you know, get an interview with a mother whose son was just killed, you know, and that wound is still fresh and those emotions are still raw. And you have to be able to sit there and ask the right questions. You know, you have to be willing to go out in the middle of a crime scene and, you know, where there's sometimes still body parts in the street, you know, or you have to be willing to tell the story you know, where you're putting yourself in a risky situation. Um, that comes, that's, that just comes with the territory. You know, you have to be willing when everybody else is going home, you have to be willing to be going the opposite direction. <laughs> you have to be willing to work long hours. You know, it's, you know, those are the, you know, those are just the sacrifices that we make. You know, you have to be willing to get up and go to work at two, three o'clock in the morning and working weekends. And, you know, for many years, I think I did I did not have a Thanksgiving off until 2013. So for 
20 something years, I worked every Thanksgiving, you know? Wow. It's like holidays. Like what's a holiday? I mean, (laughs) it's just a day. (laughs) That's all it is. You know, a weekend where people are like, oh, happy Friday. I'm like, okay, it's not Friday for me. I got to work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's just the reality of it. So it's you know it, it's it's twenty four seven. It doesn't stop. Yes. So that, you know, those are the things that you have to be willing to do. You know, I've had even when my my with my students, you know, as I'm training them to be reporters, I'm like, okay, yeah, you have to be an actual reporter. And so when there are stories happening, and they're like, oh well, you know, it's six o'clock at night. I'm like, well, there's a breaking news story happening. So I know you thought you were getting ready to go home and go have dinner with your family, but no, you're going to grab this camera (laughs) and you're going to go down there to where this actual news story is happening because this is what you signed up for. Mm. You know, you just have, you know, you have dinner some other time. Right now, news is happening. Nobody says when or where it's going to happen. Yes. You know, so the students, you know, they're like, oh, my goodness, really? (laughs) It's like, yeah, this is this is what it is. You know, so, you know, I I try and give them as close to a real life experience as possible. So they know it's not a walk in the park. It looks glamorous. It looks like a lot of fun. And don't get me wrong. There are some days where it is a lot of fun. But there are some days when it's not. And, Mm -hmm. you know. You got to take the good with the bad. Like, I mean, like with any profession, of course. But when you're in an industry that is 24-7, you know, there are no banker's hours here. Yes. That means sacrifice. That means obedience. That means a lot of things. And so. Oh, yeah. And I always bring people in to talk to my students. I bring in people, a lot of my colleagues that have been in this industry for a while who actually talk to my students about what it was like when they first got into the industry. And it is always so eye-opening, you know, because they always think, oh, well, I'm going to be on TV, so I'm going to be famous and I'm going to make a lot of money and I'm going to, and it's like, before you get there, let me tell you what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> and so when they come in and they tell, you know, my last semester, I had one of our reporters come in and she was telling the story about how when she got her first job in TV, she had to have four roommates because she wasn't even making enough money to, you know, have a decent apartment by herself. She's like, I didn't have a car because I couldn't afford a car. And I forget what the amount was, but it was some ridiculously low amount of money that she was making. It was like, you literally could have worked at McDonald's and made more money than what she was making. Wow. Uh, you know, but she was like, this is what I signed up for, you know. Um, you know, and now, I mean, she's been in the business now, maybe about 10 years, you know, and so now she's in Chicago and she's doing well, but, you know, she had to, like everybody else, you got to start at the bottom and work your way up. I'm like, and you think this is hard now, you know, and you're just a student. Imagine when you have to do this and this is how you eat, (laughs) this is how you eat. So, you know, it's not yeah. too late to change your mind. If you decide this really isn't what you want to do, you can still change your mind. Right, right. Yeah. I just, I, I'm hearing obedience equals, equals sacrifice. Like, is they go hand in hand. And so yes. what what they is do. it that you want to do, you know? 
So they do. Awesome. When, you know, when you're committed to the craft, you, you know, like with anything else, you do what you got to do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, well, I always, always, always ask each and every guest this question. So, of course, I want to know what does prayer mean to you? Prayer to me really means just being in constant communication with my savior. And that is 24 seven. So, you know, like I was saying earlier to me, prayer doesn't mean I have to be in my room on my knees, you know, talking to God. I can talk to God any and everywhere I am. Um, you know, it could be out loud. It could be silently because he knows all, he sees all, he hears all. So prayer to me is just that constant conversation that I'm having with God all the time. And it doesn't have to be in a situation where, you know, I'm in a desperate situation and I need help. Um, you know, to me, prayer is also praise. I think they go hand in hand. And I think that that's why prayer has to always be in my heart. So whether it's in a, a good situation or if I'm in a bad situation, I'm just in constant connection and communication with God. And that's, that's what prayer is to me. Mm. All right. Now I know that's right. Good, bad, or indifferent. Good, bad, <laughs> or indifferent. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's yeah, and, and And it's sometimes because I have, you know, I have two dogs and my kids are now grown. I'm, home alone, just me and the dogs a lot. And sometimes I talk to the dogs and sometimes, yes, I do talk to my dogs. Don't look at me <laughs> other <crazy. laughs> Yes, I talk to my dogs. <laughs> and my sister laughs at me because I talk to them like they're people. I mean, I, I really do. But, and sometimes I talk to myself. Yes, sometimes I do. I talk out to <laughs> Even, but when I'm doing that, I'm talking to God because I know that he hears me. Mm. You know, and, you know, and it's just, it's just a given with me. It, and it's like, I, and I don't care. People might think I'm crazy, but I'm just like, my God, he, he's here. You know, he's in my heart. Mm. He lives with me all the time. So I, I talk to him just like I talk to you. So do I. I hear it. no judgment here. I know. I tell people all the time too. It is funny. Another guest, we were laughing. She's like, I don't know how y'all get through because I'm always on, on the horn talking to it. <laughs> and I'm That's like, exactly yes, me right. too. That is exactly right. It's like, you know, I might be in my car. I might be walking down the street. I might be in the store. You know? Yes. I want to make sure he knows my name. I know that's right. That's why we love him though, because he got room for all of us. That all he can, of us, right? He got room for all of us. So thank that's you, right. thank you, thank you. I love it. I love it. And so, all right, we we're winding down here, and I always this is the part that I always love too because I incorporate Bible trivia in my podcast. So I always, <laughs> I oh, uh oh, you should. Say, that is always I always when I get to this part I always like dang I wish that it was visual because to I see know. you oh, guys' God. faces is so amazing and I just wish the audience could see your face when I say that it's so funny 
Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me put my disclaimer in there. I always put the disclaimer in there. This is just for fun, first and foremost. Well, no, let me say first and foremost, it's for learning, but then it's for fun also because we are never too old to learn something new. And so what better way? And and I'm telling you, I, I don't know the whole Bible, nor do I claim to know the whole Bible. I bet you I know where to find it, though, if I need to. But it's just fun. It's just to, to just kind of, I love to just to see y'all reaction when I say it. Okay. Like, <laughs> ah, okay. okay. It's good. It's, and it's only one question. And I do multiple choice now. So that's even easier. Before, I just used to ask the question and not more. But I changed it to multiple choice. Okay. Okay. So here's your question. Who baptized Jesus? Was it A, John the Baptist, B, Paul, C, Matthew, or D, Luke? Wow, that seems like such an easy question. Do, 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 oh, look, I wish I could just say, Alexa, who <laughs> baptized Jesus? Sorry, I'm having trouble connecting to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> See, look, she tried. Look, she tried to cheat y'all, and then Alexa says she's having problems connected to the internet. Problems connected to the internet. Okay. I'm like, where oh, were you when I needed you, girl? That's why I don't have Alexa because she's not always listening, and she's not always dependable like everybody thinks. Like, thanks for nothing. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, okay. I am going. Okay, let me remember. Right. Okay, let me let me give you the let me give you the options again. A John the Baptist. B Paul. C Matthew. D Luke. Okay, I'm gonna go with the process of elimination. And see if I can kind of reverse engineer this thing. I don't believe it was John the Baptist. Um, let's see. Paul, Matthew, and Luke. Paul, Matthew, and Luke. I don't think it was Luke. Was it Paul or Matthew? Let me see. Oh, was Paul. Well, oh, look, where Alexa? Alexa won't even help you. Mm. I know, mm -hmm. won't even help me. I'm going to say, look now, because you know, as soon as we get off of this, I got to go find my Bible and and and, and read the whole scripture. But I am going to say something is telling me Paul. But you know what? No, 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 no. Matthew. Okay. Final answer. <laughs> this is like <laughs> who wants to be a millionaire? Final answer. Can I, I phone a friend? Can you phone a friend? <laughs> Do I have go a lifeline? Go, go ahead and ask Alexa again and see if she can help you out. Oh well, girl, my Wi-Fi is all jacked up, so she ain't gonna be able to do it. Mm, mm, mm. She ain't gonna be able to do it. <laughs> mm. 
Look, 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 I'm cheating. Look, look. This is funny. You want me to just give you the answer? Oh, look, I can't even do. Oh, I told you my Wi Fi messed up. I can't, I can't even see that. That ain't not she. I was like, you ain't gonna cheat. You ain't gonna cheat. cheat. She can't even cheat. All right, I'm gonna say say Matthew. That is not the answer. Uh, Oh, okay, Paul. And that is okay. not the answer. It was Luke. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the answer. The answer oh, is John the Baptist, the person. Was, when you said that at first, I was like, oh no. I she was pretty it. sure it was not John the Baptist. Let me because that was too easy. I'm like, that's too obvious. John the Baptist. I, know. That, I, I even put emphasis when I read it the second time. I was like, hey, John the Baptist. And you... <laughs> I'm like, John the Baptist didn't baptize Jesus. Well, girl, you better go back and read your Bible. Okay, look, Matthew, I you learning to do Matthew, Matthew 3 13. Through seventeen, that's what okay. you're trying to answer. I'm gonna be reading that today. I'm like, I should know who baptized. Shouldn't everybody know who baptized? <laughs> but guess what? And see, you know what? That's why I do this because now, if you ever come across that again, if you ever in Bible study, if you ever I are talking, know. you will remember it because exactly. you're gonna remember this podcast. And so I for know. me, okay. that's what this is all about teaching people um, God's word and me learning too, because it helps me because now these are things that I have to research and, and, and come up with a question. And so yeah. it's teaching me as well. And so what better way, you know, I, I heard um, something very profound from, um, oh my goodness, really Georgia. I didn't forget. It came to, uh, he's my The one that wrote purple cow, the purple cow. Um, I'm just listening to his book too. Why really? Oh my goodness. How can I forget him? I love him. The marketing. Oh my goodness. Now I feel like my brain is, um, Seth Golden. That's what, thank you, Jesus. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but he says something in, 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 uh, one of his books. No, it, it was on a podcast that he was on and he was talking about how, we remember what we love. We know we learn what we love and we forget what we're taught. And so he made the analogy of men in football that men know everybody that's on the football team. They can name all the sports, all of those things, because guess what? They love it. But ask them something that they were taught in in school and they can't remember a thing. And I was like, wow, that is so it's amazing. It's so true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's well, and that, that was just too obvious. It was like, can't be John the Baptist. That was too obvious. We're gonna mix that one out first. I know that. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> and so that's why I just I, I try to make it fun and enjoyable for people, but still learning at the same time. And so, like I said, I mean it's good. And I, like I said, I just love seeing you guys' face when I when I say Bible <laughs> trivia because everyone is like, okay, I made it through the internet. And now it's like, what? You're gonna do what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, okay, you didn't tell me about look, I, I could have at least brushed up a little bit on <laughs> I could have skimmed through the Bible or something. Look, I could have blown the dust off of it. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
funny. Look, my other guest, she said she read the Bible three times, the whole Bible three times. She said, why am I over here sweating? Because you just answered that question. Like, oh my God, you said Bible trivia, what? And I started sweating. It was so funny, but I just love to see you guys' face. I was like, somebody going to pay me back one day. I know they are. Oh, you're going to get it. You know you are. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And somebody, this going to be in a desperate situation. They'll be like, for one million dollars, you gotta answer this one question. Yeah, pressure. It's all or nothing. <laughs> it's the pressure. It's the pressure. And you go choke. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Well, once again, Ooh. thank you, thank you, thank you for indulging me. I thank you for even coming and sitting down with me. And so just whatever your uh, lasting words are and how can people contact you? I do want you to just talk, touch a little bit on um, Stay Ready Media and let people know what you do and how they can contact you. Let's do that first. And then whatever your lasting words is, whatever you want to, words of wisdom or advice that you can give to the people, but kind of talk about Stay Ready Media a little bit and what it is that you actually do, because I think that that's awesome and amazing okay. as well. Well, good. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Um, Stay Ready Media, we're basically a uh, PR and media training firm. So what I do is I help people to really recognize the power of their own story and using that to leverage the power of the media. So, you know, as a producer, of course, I get pitches and emails all the time from people who want to be on TV. But one of the things that I noticed is that most of the time they're, they're overlooking the most powerful part um, of what could get them featured on TV. Everybody wants to talk about their business, their book, you know, their product and service, when really the real value is in their story. And a lot of people don't recognize that. Um, many times when I meet people, you know, even if I'm just out and about and they'll say, oh, what do you do? As soon as they, as soon as they find out that I'm a TV news producer, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, you should put me on the news because I have this or I do that. But it's most of the times when I'm talking to people who don't know I'm a producer and we're just having normal conversations where my ears are pop, you know, perking up because I'm just like, oh my gosh, this would make a great TV news story. This would be a fantastic TV news story. And in most of those cases, people who have those kind of stories that would really resonate in the media don't even know it. And so that is one of the things that I really love to do um, to just kind of really take those hidden gems and uncover them um, to those people and then to their audiences. And I use that as one of my tools to help build uh, small businesses. And I also work with larger corporations to help them, uh, you know, increase their sales and their revenue. But when I work with the small businesses, a lot of times they're the ones who are like, wow, I never even thought about getting media. I never thought about, you know, being featured in a magazine or on TV or even on a podcast. So I really love doing that and helping them to really see how to leverage that. And um, it's um, it's very fulfilling for me. So I love doing it. Um, so I work with people on a one-to-one -one basis and I also have online group programs. So I can work with people from anywhere, anywhere all over the world. Um, and um, my services are designed to uh, really just uncover those hidden gems and get help people get their messages out there. 
That's awesome. And how can people find you? How can they? They can find me easily. My website is stayreadymedia.com. So they can go there. Um, there are lists of resources there. I'm also on all forms of social media, um, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, and um, I have a lot of resources on Facebook as well. So you can actually um, look me up on Facebook. I also have a private Facebook group where I'm in there all the time sharing a lot of the strategies um, that some of my high-end clients pay for. And I have people in my group who get access to a lot of these trainings for free. And um, you know, be it in the form of webinars, um, I do Facebook Lives, interviews very similar to what you and I are doing. And um, it's it's a powerful resource, um, a wonderful tool for small business owners who may not be ready for a large PR firm. Awesome. Thank you. So make sure y'all check out Stacia at Stay Ready Media. All right, Stacia. So what are your lasting or words of wisdom that you want to leave with everyone today? I guess my my words of wisdom would be um, to just, you know, stay connected, stay connected to your God, whatever form that may take. If that means that, um, you know, you're in a church every Sunday. I know I literally have not been to my church in a year due to COVID. And I, I feel like that is a huge part of my spiritual life that is missing. So I've been able to connect, you know, through social media and my church, you know, broadcasting um, online and that way. But, you know, really just stay connected um, regardless of what's happening in the in the news or in the world. There's always an answer. God speaks to us. He gives us answers and um, stay connected, you know, be that through prayer, be that through music, Media is powerful and it can help you in so many areas of your life. So just make sure that you hold on to that. Take advantage of it. Um, the access is there. The resources are there. And use that because I think right now we're all in such desperate need of just connection, just human connection. COVID has found us really separating ourselves um, in such a magnificent way that we really need to bridge that gap. Um, and nobody can bridge that gap better than God. So stay connected in any way that you can and keep praying. Mm. I know that's right. I'm gonna leave it right there. Cause y'all know that's that prayer is so important. So she said it and I don't have nothing else to add to that. So once again, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Stacia, for sitting down with me. I appreciate it. May you continue to thrive in everything that you do. And I just put God's covering and prayers for you and your family, your doggies, your business and everything that you do. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. All right, y'all. I thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in for another episode of Praying and Preaking, a time to show, tell, and know how a prayer changes things. It is not a cliche. It is a reality with your girl, Georgette, aka The Preaker. And I will see you guys next time on the next episode. Take care. God bless. Lord, Lord, put your prayers up. Prayers up.